on this episode of Quantum Week, May 7th through 13th, 2000. Welcome to Quantum Week. I'm Matt. I'm Chris. Quantum Week is a show in which Chris and I leap into a random week of a random year, and we talk about movies and music and headlines, and today we are doing the Patreon episode for our May 2000 week. Right. With uh, Frequency. Yes. And Thong Song by Cisco. Right. Um, thank you, patrons. Thank you, patrons. Hope I- you enjoyed yesterday's show. Uh, it wouldn't be yesterday's. It was yesterday. Oh, yes. Yesterday's show was Battlefield Earth. Yes, yes, yes. Right, and the day before was the Gone with the Wind one. Yes, I hope you enjoyed both of them. I just thought of something I want to do with the patrons. Really? Yeah, I want to give them a sneak look on what we're doing the next two weeks. Oh, good, yeah. Two weeks! Because actually, I don't think I know everything that's... Maybe I do. Go ahead. Okay, I'm going to try to get this right here. Yeah. So, we're going to... So, what happened was we randomly, the week that came out was a Kill Bill week. Right. Laura picked the week, and it was a Kill Bill week. And we decided a, a couple months ago that if we run into any of the Kill Bills, we'll do them back to back. Yeah, I mean, it's meant to be one movie. Right. Yeah. And then, so we're going to do those weeks. So the first week we're going to do, obviously, is Kill Bill week, you know, volume, volume one. one. So that week, uh, we're going to start. So starting on Wednesday, we start with School Rock. Yep. Then we're going to do Kill Bill volume Saturday. one on yep. Saturday. And then we finish with uh, Lost in Translation. Oh, right. So the Patreon um, will be. Okay. Right. So that's that week. Um, oh my god, I'm going by memory now. I'm, I'm going to forget stuff. I know I am. So then the second week, Wednesday is Kill Bill Volume Two, right? So that so then you know in theory people are the free shows are Kill Bill One, Kill Bill Two, back to back. Right. Okay, I found it. Okay, okay, good. Okay, so then we're gonna do. I think we're gonna do Mean Girls for on, Wednesday uh, or for, for Saturday, Saturday. Okay, of the next week, and then that obviously it's 2004. Yeah. So I think we're gonna do Mean Girls, mm-hmm. and then we finish that week with the Patreon of Troy, which is a pretty big movie for a Patreon. Yeah, but yeah, it's. I think Mean Girls is because we just did. Goli- I just think it might have more. In, it might be a more. I don't know. Might be more to say about Mean Girls and Troy potentially. Yeah, maybe but maybe not. But I think Troy is a. That's a heavy movie. So Lost in Translation is a heavy movie for um, it is. a Patreon too. Yeah. Um, but we wanted to really put Kill Bill into the the prime it spots. Has, yeah, so that kind of leaves us a little bit short change there, or or maybe not. You know, it depends how you look at it. But I think that's a pretty big lineup for six movies. Um, for the next two weeks, yeah, yeah, I mean, those will be fun. You can make a case School of Rock's probably the weakest. Oh yeah, I think Although so. Maybe, I mean, I I doubt between doing uh, School of Rock on that Wednesday or Lost in Translation. I think there's probably more to say about Lost in Translation, but I think so many more people have seen School of Rock. Right, it's had a huge cable run too, so it was like, all right, so then, so yeah, so the Patreon episodes you're getting Lost in Translation and Troy back, pretty to big, back, which is pretty usually like like today we're doing Frequency, which is a a mid level movie, which is pretty much typically what you see in a Patreon, something that maybe Matt and I have, we wanted to include it because we have stuff to discuss about it, but we don't, we try not to put the blockbusters on the, right, on the Patreon shows, just for, you know, to, to yeah, because more people have probably seen them, and, right, and yeah. we're trying to expand our reach where you guys yeah. are so great and, and loyal, and, uh, you know, it's, with you guys, it's more like, we're kind of like, in more than nitty gritty, more yeah. in the, um, it's not a casual fan who's listening, you guys are all mega fans, so it's a little, it's a little easier to talk about smaller movies with you guys than it is with someone who's finding the podcast the first time. Exactly. Um, but I think Troy is a pretty heavy-duty one. That is heavy-duty. Yeah, you got Brad and, Pitt. Uh, and Lost Translation is a... Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's... So I think we have a... So the only thing I want to bring that up is, A, I want to give you guys a little sneak peek, and then B, I'm just really excited about the next two weeks. They're, they're pretty stacked. Yeah. So I'm amped up. Yeah, I'm amped up. I think it's good. I got to check out the music today and figure that out. Now that yeah, I, I got to know, that, know yeah, what it is. Yeah. We put everything in a... In a, like a little like slack. A, like a slack, and then yeah. we all kind of just go through it and... Uh, that's how we organize each week. Yep. Um, so we're ready to talk about frequency. Yeah, let's talk about frequency. Okay. Uh, I'm going to start. You start? Okay. So <laughs> I love this movie way more than anyone should. Um, this movie has tremendously big flaws, but I just don't care that much, I guess, or I don't care as much as I should because it's a movie that's made for me. It's a movie about baseball about losing your dad young like it's it's everything it even looks at time it, it's like a quantum week episode it's, it it's a week of <laughs> yes. um it's how i uh look at time 
I, I, I really measure time. I mean, everyone measures time by days and weeks and months. I get that. But I really like to analyze each quantum week. I and mean, this is quantum week is my idea. I mean, obviously it's Matt and I's podcast, but we were sitting at a bar talking about what to do. And I threw a couple ideas and every idea had a time hook to it. I don't know if you noticed that, but they all had yeah. kind of had to do time. And this was the one we both agreed on was, yeah. was, and then, was we a cool kind of, one. and then from there we fleshed out what it meant to be the show. But the initial core, the idea is mine just because that's how, it's how I look at things. So this is doing that. This is basically a quantum week episode in a movie in a yeah. bizarre way. Um, and the whole dad something with my dad at a ham radio. Uh, and, you know, so to see it, to be able to talk to your well, dad and a fireman and a fireman, a volunteer firefighter. Yes. Yeah. Uh, right. So this is basically a Chris. This so is a Chris I feel like it's me watching. I mean, I break, I broke down and cried a couple times during this movie. I usually do. Um, uh, having said that. Uh, I'm going to give it a B plus, and I'm curious to hear what Matt's take is on it. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I knew exactly how you'd feel about this movie. Yeah. Because I, I know all those things that you just described went through my head. Right. And I'd seen this movie before, so I, okay. I, I going in, I knew, like, you were, you also said you had strong feelings about it, and I knew it wasn't negative strong feelings, clearly. Because I know you and I know the story and all that yeah. stuff. So um, I can totally understand your perspective on this. This yeah. is a C-plus movie. <sighs> and um, I don't have the same nostalgia that you do. Or so, Of course. Right. Like, I just don't. Like, I didn't the guy's have the... even a Mets fan. Like, I'm a Mets fan. Like, it, yeah. The guy's this, from Queens. Right. I'm, I'm from Queens. Like, right. It, it, it's, like, it's, me, it's me. It's and the craziest thing. It is. It's you. And I like... And you probably knew all the baseball shit that he was talking oh. about, too, to convince everybody, oh. whatever, blah, 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 with the shoe... Series? The, yeah, the yeah. shoe mark thing, all that stuff. You probably were yep. like, yeah, I know that. All that. The Al yeah. Weiss, the Cleon Jones, all of it. I knew all of it. Yes. Yeah. I've seen those clips a million times. Yep. Yeah. Um, and the thing that I really do like the relationship, I totally buy it. I think they it's do a great, great job with that. It's the best part of the movie. It is just the, there's, it's, if you, so I just suspended my belief as much as I possibly, because there's so many holes with the time travel thing. It's so like yeah. awkward and weird. And I could suspend a lot of that, but not enough to, to, to make the you know make this into a really good movie for me, I don't care about the time travel paradox stuff because we don't know what time travel. I think it actually takes it in a clever and interesting way that you have memories of both. I kind of like that. I think you conveniently can make that go away sometimes and challenge it in other times. Me? I think yeah, I, I, I think you I, are a little I, convenient I, with sci-fi. I, I, when you do clever stuff. With, I, the paradox thing is hard because we don't know what time travel is. We really, That's true. We really don't know. So I'm not gonna. I don't. I don't usually pin stuff on paradoxes. My problem with this movie. Is it wants to be an action movie so bad and it really shouldn't. There is a bit of that. Doing that. The, the best scenes of this movie, which is a tribute to the director. So the director does the action scenes terribly. (laughs) Which I definitely want to talk about. Gregory Hopkins is is a terrible action director, but he's a very good dramatic actor, uh, director, excuse me. Um, the scenes, think about it. You have Dennis Quaid in front of a ham radio. Yeah. Jim Caviezel in front of a ham radio in different rooms. Yep. In different times even. Um, and that, those scenes are, I think, so dramatic, so compelling. The scene where Dennis Quaid tells his son he loves him. I mean, yeah, I, I, I know. Bawling. Yes, I'm, I'm bawling yeah. my eyes out, and it, it's uh, you know that's what every kid who's lost their yes. dad wants to hear, especially when you've lost your dad for a long time. I know because it's, pro- it's pretty close to the same time. There was 30 years for them. It's, I know it's not 30 yeah, years, it's for you, but it's pretty me. pretty close. 26 years, yeah. So, so it's you, kind of that same time you could really identify. And there's a scene too in this movie that. Um, it's, it's just it's a deeply personal movie for me, just because of all this stuff. And I understand, and I. I I'm not going to fight you too hard in the C plus because I, I can understand where you're coming from because those action sequences are really rough. Yeah. And, and the plot, the last, the third act is not You good. just don't, yeah. The third act is terrible. This, this, uh, this serial murderer. Yeah. Just get rid of all of that. Just have it. Why can't it just be the dad and son talking? I and know. Like, and then have a, maybe small, tiny changes. That's what Back to the Future does so well is the changes are so small. Right. Those, and that's fun. We don't, you don't, there's you enough don't. here. Like have more confidence in what you have. This is what happens if you have a first time screenwriter. Have just, Know your concept is good enough. Yep. Um, uh, Noah Emmerich, uh, uh, I'm sorry, Noah Emmerich, Emmerich is in this. So Noah Emmerich is, is Gordo. Right. As an adult. He's, yeah. a, he's also in the Americans. He's yeah. Done, he's done yeah, yeah. Toby Emmerich wrote this. This is his first, uh, produced screen. He also wrote The Last Mimsy, which I've never seen. He did. Um, but, um, he's very, he's, he, he runs Warner Brothers. He's incredibly powerful. He's one, he's one of the five most powerful people in Hollywood. Well, that makes sense. I mean, if you look, so it looks like he's written two. Yeah. He, he goes from like music executive yes. to producing like a ton of big films. Yes. He so, became yeah. a major producer in yeah. Warner Brothers. He now runs Warner Brothers. Yeah. Like he's really been in hot water the last month. Um, oh. Because oh. Warner Brothers basically put all their stuff on streaming for the 2021 slate 
which has infuriated all of Hollywood. Not me, though. Good for him. Well, you're not a director, and unfortunately, he answers to directors, not to Matt That's Carano. true. No, so but, but I mean, from I a fan... Say, but he kind of doesn't give a shit what you think. But from a fan's perspective, though, sure. it's way better. It is. Uh, but if you are a film director that gets money based on points... <laughs> not as good. You're fucked. Not as good. And, uh, I mean, Warner Brothers could not have a bigger stain on it right now than, I mean, in, in the film industry. No, no one's talking about it, really. Uh, Chris Nolan is a couple other, uh, Patty Jenkins, I think, did too. Uh, a couple other directors have, the higher ones have spoken out, but there are, like, you know, producers and uh, there are actors who get money based on yeah. points who are keeping their mouth shut for political reasons because they don't want to come out as being, you know... Uh, Particularly during COVID. During COVID. Yeah. They don't want to come out as, as insensitive toward COVID. Sure. But people in Hollywood are throwing darts at Warner Brothers as we speak. And, you- and, and, I've heard a lot of stuff that Toby Emmerich got blindsided by some of this. This even, even though he runs Warner Brothers, this was like a shareholder. This is like goes above him. Oh, like this was okay. like, the, like almost like God himself had dictated that they're going to do this. And now Toby He's Emmerich's job need? is dealing with producers and directors and he has to answer for all these. Decisions. I see. It, it's a mess. This guy, I'm sure this guy hasn't slept in a month. I, I, I but, but he, what do you do? Like what, what, what is the, what is the option now? People are not going to theaters. They're not going to go to theaters for a long time. What do you what do you do? You're going to you're just going to keep the shit in the can? I think everything should go. I wouldn't have so the pro, I here's where I disagree. I wouldn't have put it on HBO Max. You put it on a pay-per-view. And then you give people percentage of the points based on that. On the pay-per-view. I agree. I agree. I agree. Unless that HBO Max deal was was it couldn't have been that big though. It couldn't have been big enough to offset what they would have made in pay-per-view. Well, trying, no, I mean Warner Brothers owns HBO Max. So they're trying to it's it's, oh. it's they're, I see. It's a circle jerk. They're trying see, to boost up. HBO Max is struggling. So they're trying to boost up HBO Max's subscribers. So okay. HBO Max came out of the gates fucking dead and dead and not dead. It wasn't like, uh, was it a Quigi, Quigo, Quigo, oh, uh, Quigon, Quibi, Quibi. Yeah. Quibi was dying. Oh my God. What a, what a disaster. It wasn't like that. It was, um, but it, it definitely came out of the gates really something and they wanted a lot more for it. Um, well, it didn't have anchor content like you do have. I mean, you know, say whatever the Disney does, even though I'm, I'm not interested in, in Disney Plus. But Disney has Star Wars, it has Marvel. Exactly. And it has, has anchor Disney. content. Right. Um, and, you know, Warner Brothers is like, well, we have the DC, but DC guy sucks. And it's, I'm a DC guy. And like, this sucks. Yeah. Um, and right, they didn't have. They have like a lot of like good. They have much better, better quality movies. And to me, like, I you, like it much more. Gone with the wind, like that was an HBO yeah. Like they have a higher quality. They have like they have the most Oscar winning movies. Those most Oscar nominated movies are on HBO Max. And even their show, like you said, Barry. I watched Barry. It's really great. I, a all, ton of all shows. HBO on. shows, but that's not special because those, those yeah. are on HBO Go anyway. Right. So that's not like special. Yeah. Um. They have. They went and got high caliber movies, but. It's not like high caliber, like Criterion, like Criterion Collection. It's just, yeah. a high, it's like a lot of, which is great for me and you. Yep. But people aren't going to subscribe to HBO Max. They're going to subscribe to HBO Max because they want Disney. You know, they want, yeah, like, they, you want know, they want that hook. Right. And it, it doesn't have it. It's kind doesn't. of it's like, it's almost like it doesn't have an identity. But now it does. Now it does. Which I'm happy about. I am too. I get, I am too. I am happy about it, but it's an identity though that now I'm happy about it. I am too. I, yeah. I agree. Selfish I am, but I understand. If I was a director or an actor, it's getting points, and now I'm like, they should have put it on streaming and charged thirty bucks a pop, because then the points would have been even higher. Yeah, I think they should have done that, and then in its second run, then two months in, it goes to HBO Max. That's what they should have done. Yeah, maybe, maybe, but then no one's going to do it on. Then you can't do that. No one's going to do it on demand, though. You got to have a longer wait than that. I don't think. Well, oh, however long it is. What? Well, maybe what's do six months? What's the normal run in a uh, theater? Take, uh, Three well, months. Yeah, uh, three to four, but then you have a little bit of wait before it goes on streaming. Okay, so maybe do something like that. It goes in theater for three or four months. Right. Then it goes in on demand for like two, three months. Yeah. Then it goes on. But, you know, I think you need to have a little bit more of a buffer. But regardless. So this is who wrote this movie. Sorry for the little tangent <laughs> No, it's there. fine. I, it's, but, I mean, it's a, huge, it's a huge thing going on. Like, if you read any trade papers right now. You, his totally name is everywhere? His, his name is yep. everywhere. Like, yeah. Um, so he wrote this. Um, he, he has a great concept. It's such a good idea. And then he just muddies it with these ridiculous storylines. Especially, I said, that third act is not good. I'm not going to defend the third act. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird with the right the double. You know, you got two, uh, and they're they're fighting the homicide, the the serial killer thirty years apart, and it's it's and, a little. And it's, it's it's not necessary, and also um, it sucks that I think it's not great. Dennis Craig lives in the end. Because I know it's ridiculous, and they're all playing softball. I know, and it's sort of it's this so dream weird. sequence yeah. at the end too is very strange. And suddenly, you know, you're uh, Johnny, the the kid. Suddenly, you have a kid, and you're married. Yeah, and then you've got these double memories of her being there, probably, and not being there. It's I, I would be like, if I'm him, if if I put myself in in that character's shoes, I'm confused my you have entire so many life. Yeah. 
Like, would, what is real It would anymore? be so hard to... And then uh, you would bring up memories, and no one remember what you're no, talking about? Yeah. Really, you're crazy. People would think you're fucking remember nuts. Remember Christmas? and be like, oh, shit, they're... They, uh, yeah, when dad they, wasn't there. For uh, 30 years, he would have... didn't happen now, right. right 30 right, years right. of memories of his dad, of, of lonely Christmases of just him and his mom. I will... I, so they say it's kind of like a dream. Maybe I could dream, though, those memories do fade away. That's how I imagine that. Okay, well, that, that would be better. That better. Jesus, they, that would they should have been They could have had a simple line being like, you know what? I'm having a week, you know, near the but end then, of the movie, he could have been like, I'm having a hard time remembering what used to be. Right. But then your identity's all fucked because you're not the, you're not the same person anymore because you hadn't had that same life experience. Right. It's fucked up. Uh, can right, I just and, give... And yeah, you can, get, you can get dragged down in some of that stuff. Yeah, I don't right. Think, I don't think that does a... I mean, that's anything, though. I mean, if you really want to look at any movie, you can nitpick... You stuff, can. Especially yep. science fiction kind of movies. So I don't think that's, I'm not going to bash movie for that. I will bash the movie though for the, for that, for the action stuff. Can I give the three second synopsis for yes, the people who've been begging for it? it. So Frank Sullivan, played by Dennis Quaid, dies in a warehouse fire. 30 years later, uh, his son John, who's a cop, uh, is able to communicate with him back in time through a ham radio because of solar flares it's not you're not supposed to write it out you don't you, you understand why it's not funny when you write it out. i don't care about being funny i'm just telling people what but happens so that they know though but it, nobody really care I mean, people keep asking about it because they want to hear you like it's they want to hear me fuck up about you, it yeah it's funny if you just like try to explain a movie on that you not see how that's funny asking someone who's I, I did it to fuck with you like it's not like, i don't really care about a synopsis like you get that but they care about the synopsis no they don't they want to hear you fuck up they want to hear me fuck up yeah it's funny like having someone try to explain a two hour movie in 30 seconds like it, it's an impossible task it is an impossible task that's why it's funny but I'm not do- I wasn't doing it to be funny but you I want- was doing it to be it's enter- is it- this is a show is it enter- it's supposed to be an entertaining show <laughs> it doesn't have entertaining can just be can also they be can, in- on, uh, can be informative not just entertaining not could, just funny they could go look it up if they wanted to they want to hear you fuck it up no one whatever it's just such a strange. Man, like writes it out. It's like that's not what we're doing here. <laughs> that's not what the point is. I have it. notes. I, I write it out. <sighs> Whatever. So that's what happened. Yes, that's what happened. <laughs> Do you want, can we talk about the director a little bit? We can. Um, so Gregory Hoblet. Yes. So this is a TV guy. Well, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll, he's a bit more than that. And fairness. he's done. Yeah, he's done some major no, films too. Even, even when he was a TV guy, though, he was more than that. He was directing Hill Street Blues, which was I know. It's I know, hard I know. to explain how important Hill Street Blues was to modern audiences. It's not. Don't rewatch it now. It doesn't hold up. But it was, it it was considered in the eighties, in such high esteem. I can't even compare. It's much higher esteem than Sopranos. Yeah. Much higher esteem than Breaking Bad because back when those shows were out, you had other shows to compare it to. Mad sure. Men. Yep. Hill Street Blues literally was like it for, uh, for like high level drama. Yeah. It was the first serialized drama, really. Um, and I cannot tell you how many people just would fucking just ejaculate all over hill street blues anytime they could do you think people felt the same way about cop rock cop rock actually i think cop rock's really interesting you want to bash cop rock you can but that's fine but oh yeah franklin man he's the greatest it's my greatest partner let me talk to you for a second let me talk to you about franklin yeah but you're missing that you're missing what the show is though by doing this you're mocking it right you're trying to do what is it what is it it's a really interesting how it was a really interesting show to judge somebody by it was doing things no one else was doing this song is called i'm not racist but all right i mean he didn't write this so he directed it so you're bashing hobbit something he didn't write it's cop are you kidding me i forgot that this existed yeah but you're missing what it was though and you didn't watch it when it happened i did watch it oh all right. yeah i remember being on i remember it was, it was doing yes it was weird cheesy goofy stupid at times at times it's really innovative and interesting and a really and in fact cop rock uh because of cop rock we have some really interesting episodes like buffy the vampire slayer did a really interesting musical episode um other shows have done musical episodes when they jump the shark they do a musical episode not because this is not what they do well People don't do musical theater well. People don't do musical shows well. Like Glee, for the first two, three episodes, was actually compelling because they were they were doing yeah. interesting arrangements Glee of songs. Glee owns a lot of that to cop rock. Um, but no, but then after that, they couldn't keep up. Yeah, of course. But that's that's not cop rock's fault. It's certainly not the director of the show's fault. You don't I, don't think know, you know, I don't even know what a director of a TV show does. Directs the show? Yeah, but he has much less power than the director of a movie does. It's a different, it's a different element. I like, can't believe you're defending Cop Rock. Cop Rock is, is crazy. Really but it was really interesting when he directed. If you just take the directing out of it. So it's a cop show where they fucking break into songs sometimes. Cop and legal show. Yeah, They would have like yeah. courthouse stuff. Right, so they would just break into songs. Like terrible songs. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> often terrible. All original. Uh, well, some of like some of the, uh, the same, ones like, I saw were original. Yeah, some, sometimes they use like some old Motown like beats and stuff, and they would do riffs and stuff. But a lot of it was original songs. It was done by people who were not. A lot of them weren't even musically trained. 
Um, it was clearly, yeah, it, it was really, uh, but it's really interesting, man. So much of network TV is so by the book and so boring and stale two and a half men bullshit. So when someone does willing to try something really wild and crazy that a lot of times misses, but once in a while hits, I give, I don't bash them. For no, that I can give you Especially credit. not 1991. I can give you credit out. for trying something different, but this is a, pr- this is like, but this it wasn't is- his thing. That was Steven Bochco's thing. You can't, that, that was all Bochco. But he directed it. He directed these that's episodes. That's not how it works, man. You're not, you don't understand how TV works. Like, well, do you educate me on well, how TV Steve, works? Do you have a show? Showrunner. Yeah. That's like really a director. Steven Bochco was a showrunner for, for Cop Rock. By the way, I'm doing all this from memory, which is amazing. It shows you how fucking. I have yeah, no fucking high five to you, bitch. Well, Keep you couldn't do this. I know more about Cop Rock without notes. <laughs> I haven't fucking thought about Cop Rock in 30 years. Steven Bochco is the same guy, uh, you know. Yeah, he like, did NYPD Blue. NYPD did Blue. Uh, right. um, did he do ER too? He kind of did NYPD yeah. Blue. Well, then David Mills took over. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, was yeah, a whole disaster. Yeah, yeah. But, right. So, Bochco, this yeah. is peak Bochco. Yeah. Um, this is, you know, uh, LA Law. Yep. Um, of course. Right. So, uh, he is the show. He's the one that creates the vision of the show, a showrunner. So like, uh, um, uh, Matt Weiner, a madman, probably yeah, the most yeah, famous, yeah. most powerful showrunner. So he's creating the look, the aesthetic. He casts everything. He's, you know, he's, uh, in the screen when they're uh, writing the scripts. Yep. They'll have a dry, I'll have like a whiteboard and they'll have all of the episodes mapped out for the entire season sometimes in these dramas. I'm guessing Cop Rock had at least six episodes laid out in front because it, it was Before they started, yeah. yeah. You know, it wasn't just episode, by, it right. wasn't episodic. So, you know, he's doing all that. Director comes in, he's just basically taking shots, um, you know. So he's just following sure, the book. Make sure people are blocked the right way. Yeah. And then basically allowing the showrunner to catch his breath, maybe work on other future stuff down the line. And he's almost like someone doing the day-to-day, almost like a baseball manager. Yeah. But you have a GM that's creating the whole vision. So he, you cannot blame Gregory Halbert for Cop Rock. All right, so I should just blame You Bochco. also can't really give him a ton of credit for Hill Street Blues. Same thing. Yeah. That wasn't his vision. He yeah. was a director. He's a very good director in the show, but, it, you know, that's the TV is not the movies. It's different. I can't wait to hear people defend, hear you defend fucking I, Cop Rock. I'm, I'm defending the originality and creativity of Cop Rock. I'm also, you cannot put, you can, now if you want to blame Cop Rock, if you really hate Cop Rock, for, that's your thing, you want to shut on Cop Rock, go for it. <laughs> that's your thing. Then Steven Bochco should be the guy that you're going after. All right, we'll go after him not, not next Hobbit. episode then. Yes. Okay. Well, he also did, uh, he did Primal Fear, he did Fallen, he did Fracture. And those are his movies. Yes. And, and he owns those. Yeah. You know, um, Primal Fear is a, is a good movie it's with, the best of those three. I agree with great performances. Yeah, uh, which is true yeah. in this too. Yeah, I think I know I like this more than you. I understand why, but this is a good movie with great performances. I think Caviezel and Quaid are awesome. They do very well, and for a while, Caviezel, I thought very highly of Caviezel. He sort of trailed off towards the back of his career, but well, he did some why. some good stuff. What did he do? I know he went to TV, but why? Uh, he's very religious, which is funny. So uh, we're taping this on Christmas, so it feels kind of. Uh, but he is very, very religious. Is and he? He won't even do like sex scenes with his shirt off. Oh. So that, you know, all of, and he obviously was famously in Passion of the Christ. Um, but yeah. the big reason he chose to do that, um, and if you look at his roles, he's done a lot of like Christian movies and he's very, I mean, he's very open about it. He's like, no, I'm, but he, there's a lot of stuff he won't do because it, he feels it's against his faith. So all there's right. so many movie scripts that he has, that he was offered. He couldn't do. I agree. I'm like, what, why isn't this guy a he, star? Was he Thin Red Line too? Yes. Yeah, right. His career, right, his career's beginning. I think as he's gotten older and obviously maybe a bit richer or, or more, he, he has married the same woman for a while, I believe. Like, I think he maybe just got more invested in his, uh, his faith. Sure. And, but I mean, this movie doesn't really have any sort of, like, he's a pretty, like, this movie, there's no reason why someone really just couldn't be in this movie. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's pretty tame. Yeah. Um, I don't think he even kisses him. He doesn't kiss that woman, does he? No, he doesn't. Yeah. So no, they so, break up in the beginning, and you don't even you don't see him. And yeah. then he does do TV, and I think in TV you have a you know with, with TV a big star has a bit more. Like he's not going to Jim Caviezel can't walk into the set of Frequency and change the script. This is not going to happen. Yeah. But Jim Caviezel could walk into this show Person of Interest on CBS that's been on for five years, and maybe the fourth year he has an issue with the script. He can be like, I'm not doing that. Yeah. So. You know, yeah. and they're like, all right, and he has to then have an argument with the showrunner about it, and then uh, you know they'll they'll figure it out. But um, you know, frequency. If he if he went frequency, he'd be like, I'm not doing this. He'd be like, Oh, oh we'll find someone right, else. Fuck you. Let's get Billy Baldwin on the phone, guys, or <laughs> right. whoever the yeah. next guy is up. Yeah. Yeah. You know, let's <laughs> whatever yeah. cast is. Yeah, um, particularly at that time. I mean, he was he's pretty young there. Ah, uh, actually, he's not that. He's not super. No, but he young. didn't do, he didn't do a lot before. When was Passion of the Christ? Was that uh, before? No, it was after. Yeah. Yeah. It was a few years same thing with Thin Red Line was after. So. Yeah, no, it was before. Was it? Yeah. I don't know. I was 97. Oh, wow. Okay. That was I saw it in the theaters. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, 
It was still it was a small part there. I mean, everyone it was a, it's yeah. an ensemble movie, but um, right. But that kind of did put him a little bit on the map as far as. Uh, but he, I, I think Jim Caviezel is a very good actor. I think he's good. I think he's very good in this. He's also really good in Count of Monte Cristo. I don't remember which is. Uh, I love, who else is in that with him? Uh, That's not Leo. Pierce. Oh, he does a. Um, Leo does a Man in the Iron Mask. Yes, it's, yeah, it's yeah, an audio yeah. movie. Uh, I saw it years ago. Uh, Count of Cristo. I've seen a couple times since it came out. Some of the years I liked it. I, it's not like a great movie. But if you're looking for just a a fun rendition of that you, you can't go wrong he, and he's really good in it yeah um and he he he's in a lot of these movies like frequency uh i will say maybe not the best script of all time i do think the stuff with the ham radio stuff is really compelling it's really it is well done good. some of the other stuff is really bad yep not good um it, i feel like jim caviezel makes eh, uh, okay stuff a lot better um but he hasn't done too many great, I guess, Passion of the Christ, which I've never seen. I haven't seen it either. Uh, and Thin Red Line is something, I'm, I'm not a huge Malick guy, um, mm. but he's, but it's one of my favorite Malick films that I've seen, and he, and he's, and he only makes, he only makes things better. He does. He's good. He's good. Yeah, and he's good here. And you, you buy their relationship here. They're really good together. They're really good. And yeah. this is like, as, I mean, Quaid, I think to me, this is Pete Quaid. Yeah. Uh, well, so I like some of the early. Like you like, I, his, you like inner space. I do inner space. Great, great balls yeah. of fire. I think he's great yep. in. Um, it's wacky, of course, because of the the subject matter. But I think he's great. He's he's super charismatic. Great balls of fire is wacky. Just because no, just the he is wacky in it he because he's playing because right. he's pretty dark. Right? Oh, it's and, and it, super dark. You couldn't even make that movie today, like because no, you couldn't because you got a thirteen year old cousin he marries. Yeah, I know. Fucking yeah, he's strange stuff going on there. Yeah, yeah. Um. Jerry Lee Lewis is a strange, strange, yes. strange guy. So that, but that's, that's why I mean it's wacky, but he's, I like, I like that. I think he, he's kind of a smart ass. He can be a smart ass goofy guy. And I like, I like that from him. Yeah. He, Where he's not that in here. He's just kind of a, he's just sort he's of a dad. Kind of a, he has kind of a, a little, uh, I don't see chip in his shoulder. He's had a little bit of like a mis- mischievousness. He does that. He has in all of his So, uh, just to run through kind of what I consider Pequate any given Sunday. Yeah. Uh, came out in 99. I think that movie's very good. Yep. Um, he does in this year. He does frequency and traffic. Yes, yeah, I don't remember traffic. I probably saw traffic at the time. Um, I don't remember it very much. And then in 2002, he's in the Rookie, which is a movie that was pretty actually well I like. I like the Rookie. Um, That's fun. It's I a good seen family that. movie. You haven't seen it? No, I know it's the story. Movie. So it's like uh, a Jim Moore story. Yeah, it's good. But um, and then he's uh, and then in 2004, he he has like a monster. Year. He does the Alamo, which I know didn't didn't mm. do well box office wise. I haven't seen it, but it, it but it was a big movie when yeah. it came out. Day after tomorrow, which is not piece a good of shit. Movie. Yeah. Uh, Flight of the Phoenix, which I, I haven't seen that. No either. idea what that is. And then one of my favorite underrated movies from the first decade of the 2000s, uh, In Good Company, which is with him and Topher Grace and Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. He plays the dad of Scarlett Johansson, and um, Topher Grace kind of comes in. He's a younger guy, and he becomes his boss. Right. And he has to deal with this guy being his boss who's also dating his daughter. It's re- and it's really – it's not like a goofy, wacky comedy. No. It's really, really smart. All the characters, you kind of see where all of them are coming from. It's yeah, because really, no one's really a bad person. No one's a bad person. It's yeah. really like an intelligent adult movie that you would see more in the nineties and it's in the early two thousands. Um, yeah, that's a good one. That's that, that's that's in my top ten underrated movies of, of the first decade. And then um, he finishes it off, and he kind of goes down his spiral. You know why? You know the next movie he does is oh, I can only imagine. It's uh, yours, mine, and ours. That's right, baby. <laughs> we did that on YouTube. Uh, one of the worst oh. movies we ever covered on, on any platform. That is, um, that is absolutely horrid. Movie. And that kind of uh, begins the end. But you're right. You also do have that inner space. Dennis Quaid. He, you know, Dennis Quaid. Man, what a run, right? He's had a he's had a good run. Pretty good career. I'd have to look back and see what else was in that that. Uh, Not a that, Hall of Famer. You don't think so? No, man. He's not a Hall of Famer. Yeah, probably not. I got to look back um, and see the early stuff. See what else is there. But he's definitely um, in that Hall of Very Good. Very Good. He's right there with Kurt Russell, in my opinion. Kurt Russell's better. Kurt Russell? Kurt Russell. Kurt Kurt Russell. There you go. (laughs) Thank you. Kurt Russell's better. Uh, He's done better movies. I guess you're probably right. I do have a soft spot for Dennis Quaid, though. I like Dennis Quaid. This is not a SmackDown of Dennis. Dennis Quaid's in more movies than I like. Really? Yeah. I don't know. I guess I, really I got like a good company. I really like this. I know. I understand if people don't love it as much as I do. I get it. But for me personally, I really, lo- I really like this. I like any given Sunday. I think it's a really interesting, um, movie. That's yeah, good. Um, I do. I, 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 I think I like Dennis Quaid movies more than Kurt Russell. Movies. I, although me, you know, I, yeah. Oh, the Kurt Russell's Tombstone. Yeah. Which, which is very good. Which yes. is good. I mean, we cover it in the show. It's good. Yeah. I know. I know. Um, Tombstone's, 
Tombstone and this I put in the same ball. And I understand why people think that's insane. <laughs> I get it. You got to understand, though. <laughs> every once in a while, there are movies that are basically almost like built for you. It's true. I don't think I've run into any for me, but maybe. So I was looking at this. I'm like, I'm like did this? Did Toby Emmerich's dad die when he's a kid? Because he's hitting a lot of stuff that. Oh, he um, should. Right. He would. And he, would he be familiar did. With. He didn't die in 2007. He died actually after this movie was made. But there's something in the movie that was um, really important. And, and this is something, maybe a little life lesson for people out there, or a lesson um, or, or, or future for people. So when your dad's gone for a long. Or your parents, either one of your parents, I assume it's true with moms. My mom's still alive, thankfully. But mm. um, my dad's been gone for 26 years. So at some point it becomes oddly important to have people remember your dad like like it's like whenever i realize a friend of mine even if you only met my dad twice say uh or whatever or only saw my dad at like at Lily games or never yeah. really even had a conversation but just kind of knew him or saw him just was aware of his existence like and saw him as a live living being for some reason that is important to me it's it's odd and i know you're like probably well yeah i probably should but in some ways it's like well, why you know it, it in just because someone saw my dad three times, really, not like you have some great conversation about my dad because of that. But it's almost like, in some weird way, it's almost like my dad's like more real or more tangible. Oh, absolutely, more, more it, there. It adds another con- like connection point to him. it. Does and it's yeah. like, oh, oh, you. I, I've had it a few times. Like, oh, 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 you remember my dad? Yeah, and that makes me feel happy when I when I re- when I make that connection. Well, if you think about it, like probably a lot of the people you've met in your life have never just because of your age when he died. The longer you live. Yeah. And this is going to happen. That's why I say it's kind of a lesson for everybody out there. You know, maybe, you know, I'm at the age now, I'm 41, um, where a lot of my friends are losing, starting to lose their parents. Yeah. And it, it, and it have every, it sucks to say, but every month, you know, I have a friend of mine or, you know, a friend, acquaintance, whatever, someone on Facebook, some, you know, someone, you know, I went to school with and they lost their dad or they lost their mom. And it sucks. You're reading like, ah, oh, you know, you went, but it's like, um, it's like, oh man, wait, wait, you know, and it's, it, I always kind of try to give, if anyone asks, I try to give a little, you know, advice, you know, it's like, Hey, you know, it definitely sucks right now. It's incredibly painful. It's going to take, you know, it takes, it's going to take years to kind of, you know, and you never quite get over it, but eventually the good memories overwhelm the bad ones and it, and it, it becomes more palatable and it becomes nicer to think about them as opposed to just sad, especially if they were sick for a long time, that can really kind of cloud things. Sure. You know, um, or maybe if they die suddenly, that can be a very shocking and horrible thing. So, um, but after a while, you, you, you never get over. You, I miss my dad every day. You, you miss your, you miss your folks every day. Um, but, uh, after a while, it's funny how some things take more precedent, like 10, when I, you know, after he's dead for 10 years, I never really cared. I mean, it didn't, wasn't a big deal. If someone remember my dad, but 25 years later, it's like, Oh wow. You remember my dad? Or, you knew my dad. Right. Um, and it, it becomes a big deal. But the reason I bring it up is because in this movie, he's having, they must meet every year on the anniversary of the, the dad's death. And it's him, Gordo, who's a little kid. Yeah, it was his buddy dad, growing which up. Which I yep. can really relate to. He's like, someone kind of knew my dad, but, you know, never yeah. really had like a. And then Satch, who was a friend of the, of the dad. Right. But it's like, you can see why he just brought those people in to talk about his dad because it's important when people kind of knew him. Like, it is, it is important. And I feel a deeper connection with my friends that did know him. I mean, that's why I'm still friends with so many guys I went to high school with. Could be. Or elementary school with. Maybe there's a part of that. There's a of part that of that. It's like, it, it, there must be some, maybe something to that. I mean, obviously, we all get along really well. And I'm lucky with these guys who just obviously, gen- obviously, no, what's important is they're just genuinely good guys and they're great friends but i'm one of these some element it's like oh i'm keeping you know keeping that part of my life still there because these guys did at least know my dad when i talk to my dad they know where i'm talking it's not some imaginary figure yeah um but no that that does it does happen though and if uh you know if you lost your parents a long time ago i'm guessing you know what i'm talking about i didn't find it strange they didn't have his mom there seemed like a guy's thing yeah they do too yeah it seemed like guys and really just kind of sit and talk right um i agree uh, yeah, and sometimes it's nice to have those guys. I can see why you just kind of go there, or maybe the mom was working your shift, whatever. But you can see why he didn't have any. He didn't have his girlfriend, or no. didn't even have any other no. buddies there. No, it was just those three guys that probably don't. You know, Satch is an old guy. I know he's his partner, but I doubt those three get together all that often. Probably they seem kind of even uncomfortable sitting there together. Um, in, in a weird way, like a familiar but uncomfortable. Um, but uh, so I like that scene a lot. I just like the idea of that. I just it just rang really true to me. Um. To, to have to have those conversations you know it, it it does it gets really it's really important as you get older to have people that still have a connection to your past it's why i say like i know you're close to your sister yeah i'm close to mine like those sibling connections are so that i read somewhere like your sibling is like your like that's really your lifeline when your parents because they are going to be with you longer than your parents are most likely and they are going to remember all they're going to have things. the same childhood right. and when your you when your siblings die like my grandmother passed away and my grandmother was in her uh like mid 80s when she died 
and she died. She's 83 when she died. And she died uh, in 2018, uh, whatever. And then my, her sister, who's older, who's like 90, she died the next year. But when my nana died, my aunt, my, uh, my great aunt was like, I have no one. All those memories are gone. Yep. There's no, now every, I, I can say it, you know, and I can tell people they're going to believe me, you know, but like, but all those stories are gone. It's just me remembers them. And what's the fun of remembering a good story? You know, if the person, you just kind of it's like, not fun. Right. I mean, it, it's, it, it's, it's true, man. You, I, I can't, I'm lucky. My sister's uh, quite a bit younger than me. So hopefully uh, I'll go before she does. Have I wouldn't want, I just, deal. I wouldn't want to, I can't imagine, you know, not having that, yeah. that connection there. I'm sure you, I know you and your sister uh, yeah. get along really well and stuff. So it's so important, right? To have that. I a hundred percent agree. Yeah. Someone who's had very similar experiences, you know, even with a different perspective, of course, but similar experiences your, your entire life. And they've just known you throughout, Every phase of your life, right. it's like the, no one else. No one else knows that, or no one else will know that if they, you know, if right, if they outlive your parents, they most likely will. So yeah, and that's the biggest one. This character's movie is so lonely. Ugh. He doesn't have any siblings. He doesn't. And yeah, he's got his mom. That's it. He doesn't know siblings. Mom, just, but he, he appears to kind of like. But he's not able to like. And the seems, mom's, of course, the mom's relationship relationship with the dad is way different than yes. kids with his dad. Like that's right. a, there's no one who can. There's no one who has a similar relationship to his dad that he does. So of right. course he's totally alone. Of course he has a hard time connecting with his feelings and drives his girlfriend away. Like, of course. Yeah. And he's, he, Confuso plays that really well and believable. He Th- does. This lesser actor, this is a mess of movie. Cause then he's like, he's all confused and it's like, either like, part. I can't read. like, oh, <laughs> yeah, or then either Quaid, part. Right. It wouldn't have, it wouldn't have worked. Right. It could have been yeah. really cheesy. Yeah. That one scene when Quaid doesn't believe it, like he gets really almost angry at him. Yes. When he kind of, that is so on point. I'm like, this is how people really would behave here. Of course. I think. It felt, I, I really enjoyed that. I think Elizabeth Mitchell's really good this movie She's too. Good. We haven't brought her up yet. Yep. I think some of the accents are on quite Queens. They miss it a little off. Um, Caviezel has it more than the other two do, but then yeah. Clayton Mitchell does. But, uh, but she's really good in this. She, she's good. She's does, never does too much. Yeah. She's I know really from lost. lost. Yep. Of course, yeah, she's really good. In Lost. She's really good. In Lost. She's a nice job there too. Very believable. Very, very grounded actress. Well, the thing, Lost. That's that's a good example. Lost is like all the characters who are in Lost for a while have a lot of depth because they go through mm-hmm. changes throughout. Like you, you get you start to see more and more of their psyche, and uh, she she plays that really well. She's she's she really, does. she's really good in that. She was good. She's a good actress. I, I like yeah yeah. I think she in a parallel universe she has a better career. I know. I'm wondering why that. I mean, she must have done well with Lost. How, she was probably there for three or four Couple seasons. Couple years, I guess. back end, those back end seasons, right? Yeah, but uh, I mean, that's not. It's not what you. I mean, not, yeah, I, I, I think in a parallel universe, she's like has like a real career. I wonder what happened. Like a like a good one, like a movie actress. Yeah, she's very pretty. She is very pretty, and um, she's very. I think she's a talented actor. I think. I think. Yeah. I think. Yeah. If, I think if like like my baseball simulator, if you redo <laughs> this world, you should be able to do that with actors. She she wins like an Oscar, gets nominated for three or something. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Um. Anything else with the uh, frequency? I know you like. You give it a B plus. I, I think know, that's. I like it. I I, I got I got it. Uh, Roger Ebert. Uh, if you read his review, um, three and a half stars. But he, it's the, yeah. it is the it is the the, the coldest three and a half stars. It is. it is, and it's a lot of it is just because I I think he lost it. He lost his dad. It, it's um, it's uh, it's a deeply personal movie. If you have that connection, I think if you don't have that kind of connection, like let's say this is about losing your mom young. I I haven't lost my mom. Thank God, and uh, I might not have the same connection to this movie. Probably, yeah, I, I can imagine. I wasn't with the ham radio thing. My dad was in the ham radio. My dad was having chemo, very sick in bed. He we he got a ham radio, and it, it gave him a real lifeline to the outside world. Remember, this is kind of before the internet was huge. We had like Prodigy, but it wasn't you sure. Know. So this gave him a real connection to human beings. You got to hear voices and talk to them, and they didn't know that he was sick. Yeah. So like that made him feel like more of like a real human being as opposed to this guy just bedridden. So the ham radio was a big deal to my dad in the early '90s, and so they had that connection, have the baseball connection. I mean, he teaches him how to ride a bike at night. I learned how to yeah. ride a bike at night. We to, like, there's so many things. Like, this movie is, and he was the kid was like scared. I was scared to ride the bike. I, I had a hard time learning how to ride. And, um, this is definitely a father son movie too. I, I would man. imagine that would make it also a little bit difficult in the box office. I mean, it did pretty well. It did Def- pretty well. It did pretty well. You know, it, did, it, did, it did well. You know, this was this was one of the last gasps. The year two thousand. We talk about it's a weird time for films mm. when you kind of had these adult movies come out or movies that are for grown ups that. Um, weren't led by ip they were just into like there wasn't sequels you know yeah. it was just a movie that's a good story that has some flaws and matt matt's matt c plus 
is I'm not going to fight him on that. I, I get where he's coming from. There are some flaws in this movie, but it's a movie that's for, you know, some people can really enjoy. Yeah. And it's just put it out there. It costs, say, 35 to make, say. It makes, I think it's 70 worldwide. It'll say it makes like 50 or 60 domestic. You make a nice little $10 million or, you know, $5 million profit after you do the ads. All right, $5 million in new, new lines back pocket. Move on to the next. Right. And that's back when movie studios would do stuff like that. Now it's like, has to be uh, Marvel and Star Wars. Uh, and we need to make, you know, $900 million. Right. It's like, oh, well, all right. How about you just make five at a, at a, and then that way too, you're not, you know, when you make a solo, you know, a disaster movie like the Han Solo movie, uh, <laughs> you don't lose, you know, $320 million. I mean, they're going to keep getting burned on that and they're going to have to change their ways. Uh, well, eventually. They are. They went to TV now. Yeah. You know, but yeah. you know, now, but of course they, they have one thing that works at Mandalorian and they make 10 series. Yeah, that's true. Jesus. Christ, I know. I get out, you know, but it, it, it just is, man. It's just bigger, better, faster, not even better, bigger, faster, more. It's not going to, it won't last forever. Can't, can't last forever. No, it won't do that. But, but the good thing is, is this movie, it's very clear who this movie's for. Yes. It's very clear who the audience is for middle-aged men. Yeah. Who and their kid, or, or or just like a father son movie too. Yeah. Like you go with you see this with your dad, absolutely. And oh my you'd God, be entertained. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, a little little weepy, get a little emotional together, maybe bond a little bit. Absolutely, yeah. uh, absolutely. You know, this is a great year. Yeah, or for two brothers to go see it. Two maybe. brothers, right? Who lost their dad? Yeah, like, it's a it's a it's a winner, or uh, or even a yeah, right. Or, it's PG thirteen, so you can even bring like your teenage son. You, you know, can. dad could bring his young. Uh, this movie, right? It's definitely a guys movie. Like, it's a guys movie. A lot of women rush out to see <laughs> no. this, but uh. But maybe go, you know, you know, um, but I, I do enjoy this. If you've lost your dad, uh, especially if you lost your dad at all and man, like I would, I just would love to talk to him again. I, this, this movie, go see it and look past some of the, the, they had this the stupid serial murderer stuff. Just try to look past it and just and really just cherish those ham radio scenes because they are so good. And they're really well directed. And they're really well acted. Yeah, they're good. Yes. All right. All right. So this is uh, Mark Althaven Andrews, also known as Cisco, okay. uh, doing a thong song. thong song. The way that you're looking at me tells me that you do not like this song no, at all. I don't, and not, I like this song. It's okay. And I actually don't mind it. I, I love that they embrace the ridiculousness. Of it, it is exactly. That's like, exactly I give, right. I give anyone. That's it. I don't, I don't know. No, no, no. It's fine. All it's, right, good. It's, it's fine. And, and so I have these vivid memories of seeing him on SNL. Um, he's a music musical uh, act on yeah. SNL, okay. you know, in 2000. Sure. And he is just gyrating around the fucking stage in full like red leather. I think he's a red leather outfit singing his ass off. It's crazy. Singing his ass off and he's not lip syncing. He is. I was just so impressed by his performance. And so I went back and looked at some other clips of him doing it live. It's same thing. He's just frenetic. He's he's crazy and fucking like a huge energy ball and he's super fit and just singing his balls off. It's awesome. In the the video too. The video has some fun fun things. The video is like doing aerial Fucking yeah. airbat. Uh, yeah, the, the effects kind of hold up. <laughs> they do. They, it's pretty. It's, and, they and do. it's just like it's just it's just silly and stupid. But they like they they it's never so, back down. They just like never no, we're going all in. I, and you have to like he just with a passion goes it's, after this. This song is like if you were playing poker and you had like a two and a five off two. <laughs> yes, and you go all in. Yes, You're like, I'm doing right. <laughs> but it worked. Like maybe it was <laughs> you want a pot like that. Yeah, you know? it's like all right. <laughs> it's just. Kind of, it worked. I, I just I have a lot of respect for him because he's he's a great dancer. I, don't have a lot of respect for him. I do. He's a great. Da- he's a great dancer. He's a great singer. Okay. He's just a great. Perf- he's a great singer. No, he is a great singer. Okay. Have you listened to? I listened to the rest of his album. I can't. I, I just. It's just stupid to me. I'm sorry. I, the album's not bad. It's yeah, just right. not bad. So okay, the problem is you get some of the R like the real cheesy boys to men R and B stuff, okay. which harkens back to his um days with uh with the drew hill drew hill yeah so drew hill is a baltimore band um he, he formed it with a few of his buds i think he was like 16 or 17 years old Do you think he called them his buds his buds so <laughs> his lame. dudes his, his friends dudes. what it's just friends, his friends probably his whatever friend. his dudes, <laughs> dudes. <laughs> they named it after like druid hill which is a place in um in oh, baltimore oh, yeah. i guess they were all working at the same fudge factory and they they got a sort of a claim to fame by singing together like acapella oh, that's actually pretty clever i mean it's a way to yeah singing acapella yeah. and making fudge all i right, guess whatever so but they were signed and they did a few albums uh sounds their first two albums sold pretty well but they're kind of a um 
they're kind of like a like a poor man's boys yeah, to men. boys to men light yeah, yeah and yeah. it's it's that type of r&b with like very little yeah, substance like that. it's not made for no. us and it's just it's right. it's pretty gross so he is definitely to me the most talented of that right. of them sure. and during their break between their second and third album uh, uh, him and uh one of the other guys did their own solo album so this is Cisco's debut soul album. It's called Unleash the Dragon. He's got this dragon dragon theme. Yes. And then like Return of the Dragons, the second one. And yeah. then The Last Dragon is his, right. his third album. But this one sells 6 million copies. You know, pretty fucking good. Yeah. It, uh, on the back of um, of Thong Song, which went to number four. But actually the, big, the bigger hit was Incomplete. Huh. Which is a straight up boys to men. Yeah, it's uh, and it's a, it's a piece of shit song. Yeah. But he has a good, like he's He's got a good voice. He's like he's the talented. Yeah, it's, I would say he's a great voice. But I say he's he's got for what he, this is. He does a good job. He does. Yeah. Um, oh, here's the these are, here's a Drew Hill sample. Oh, baby, yeah. it, it, you know, yeah. This is, so the audience knows what we're what we're doing here. It's not good. It's not good. Uh, it's not really interesting. But they, you know, they they did well. Um, so the song is based around a really cool sample. Which you'd hear it. Um, they mess with it a little bit, but it's slow it down. Yeah, yeah. And they don't play the top notes, they just play the what bottom was that sample. Elna Rigby, of course. Oh, of course. Yes, yes. Out of context it's hard. I know. Um I'm but like, I'm like I know this. I know yeah, this. but that's a really cool sample to use. It's for a, a really song. cool sample, it's yeah. Particularly for I a fucking thong song. I didn't recognize it in Thong Song either. Yeah, it's they don't so you don't hear the you don't hear the top strings of uh na 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 you don't hear like yeah. that melody. They do. It's weird. It's part of like the bottom um, cello parts. It's not like the violin parts, and they slow it down, so it's a little different. Eleanor Rigby lives in a home. Was it, <laughs> lives in a house by herself? Yeah, alone. I don't remember the words. Nobody home. <laughs> I like how you do low voice and the accent. It's tough to do both, right? Yeah, I can do both. You can sing it higher, and maybe you get the accent a little bit better. Uh, Eleanor Rigby. Do, 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 no, do, you, do, your I can't do that. I can, no, no, you, you can't do an impression, but you no, you're the mind, you son of a bitch. <laughs> it's pretty bad when it was you. A, you've done much better one. This is this is good. This is not no, bad. Can you do the same? Ringo Starr. Did you know that I wrote Eleanor Rigby? Not really, but I say I did. Just lie. <laughs> Ringo, funny, Ringo right? did not. <laughs> I, I, I tell the girls that though. That is definitely a Paul song. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Oh, it certainly is. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. That's like. Where, I, which where, I love. I, Ellen Rigby is oh, a great, so, great where song. That, where, where did that fucking guy go? Where, where did, did he go? Maybe in you know ten years later. Exactly. That where he just went. I think you need. Well, we talked about it the other episode. I think you need to line in to kick it in there. Be like, he hey, did. You know, let's because because Ellen Rigby is a fucking dark song. It is dark, but super pretty and yeah. So it, yeah, yes, it, yes. You need you need the darkness of yeah. uh, of, of Lennon of Lennon. Know, uh, um, you know what would have been great if the Beatles had uh, just you know gotten back together. You think that would have been okay? <laughs> you think people would have been receptive to that? That might have worked. Okay. All right. So, um, Cisco's had a crazy career, though. Did you look into this at all? I did a little bit. So, Unleash the Dragon, Return of the Dragon, Last Dragon, but the second and third album didn't work. Like, he didn't sell at all. And then, you know, it, it, so they get back together with Drew Hill a little bit. None of those albums really sell. Then there's some problems with the record company. But Cisco's like a money making machine. Um, and he goes, <laughs> so first thing he does, um, where is it? He does a country song with Marie uh, Osmond. Yes. What? Yeah, he's, I mean, he's, now he's old. He's trying to just to sell. This is 10 years ago. 10 years. Is that one ago? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, this is why his career is kind of... Broken. And then... Oh, what? And then he goes um, to a reality show called Gone Country, where Gone Country... Here's the description. Gone Country uproots these seven musical celebrities and moves them into a Nashville mansion together to embark on a two-week adventure hosted by singer-songwriter John Rich. And this was, um, oh, and he was with, it was Bobby Brown, Maureen McCormick. She was a Brady. Maybe Marsha. Yeah. Uh, Julio Iglesias Jr. Wasn't Maureen McCormick, right? Maureen. Maureen McCormick is is Marsha, yes. Yeah. Uh, Julio Iglesias Jr. D. Snyder. (laughs) 
Oh, right. And Carney Wilson. All right. And he does, um, this was a, I mean, it's not a, I mean, these shows were everywhere. And once you get to know, this is Cisco's country song. It's good, I guess. It is good. It's not bad. No, it's very good. This is live. That's good. I think it's really good. I think think he does a great job with the country. He does. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so he does that. Then he does, in 2012, he does Celebrity Wife Swap. Yeah, I mean, he does. Where he swaps with... uh, um, was it Gerardo, the guy who does Rico Suave? Yeah, I mean, this is, like, we talked about Missy Gray. Like, at some point, you kind of just become a character, and, and then you just kind of do, you do the you do the thing, you know? Because there's so Good much reality TV, and it's just it just you become. Good for him to stay working, though. Yeah, same thing with Missy Gray. Like, talk about like if you can make one song more or less, you yeah, know, one one thing you're notable for. You know, he's I think he had a better career than Missy Gray. Yeah, uh, yeah, maybe? there's been a f- yeah. probably yeah probably between the two yeah, bands, maybe I would think. Um, Right, he probably sold more records. I'm guessing six million for that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then bet- and between the, the two, album went platinum. I guess, which is crazy. It did because I don't remember anything off. No, of, I don't but regardless. So, but whatever. I'll say he has two big albums, and you can you can still have a you know still be a name. Yeah, twenty years later, like just like Macy Gray. You know, hey, you know, congratulations. Uh, you know, you're going to be doing a lot of this like kind of low rent stuff, I guess. But yeah, I need to pay the bills. I mean, I you know, I'd probably do it too. Why not? Why did I, Why not? Why it's not? Better than you know, I would do celebrity country. Why not? Yeah. I've written country tunes before. Because I just wanted to, I wanted to try. Yeah, okay. I think they're good. Good. I do There's good. a lyric in this song. In this song, I want to talk about which one? The thong song. Yeah. So it's she had dumps like a truck. <laughs> I know, truck, truck. So, but I, <laughs> I hear dumps. And I think she's pooping. Uh, she, yeah, I think she's talking. I think he's talking about her buns. I think he's talking about right each cheek, like the mud so, flaps. So the next line is <laughs> thighs like what? What? But I always thought it was guys. So I, here's how I heard it. Oh, I heard she had dumps like a truck, and I think pooping. Yep. Guys like what? 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 I'm thinking like guys like whoa, 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 like whoa, <laughs> stop shitting everywhere, please. This is, <laughs> these, these dumps are disgusting. But then so it would that, be I don't want to see your thong. I don't want to see your poopy thong. That's what baby, the song would be. You move your butt, butt, butt. I think I'll sing it again. So, but I just, but Do you realize I clipped out that same section of the lyrics too? You did too? Yeah, because I'm like, the, this the is dumps, ridiculous. Right? Yeah. The dumps are, um, that's, it, but, uh, so my entire life when I ever heard that, I was like, dumps, and I'm thinking like, she's pooping, and then the guy's like, what, what? But it's thighs, not guys. Um, because there's this, do you know the, there's the, did you ever watch Spinal Tap, the movie? Yeah, years ago. Yeah, years ago. But one of the songs is Big Bottoms. Um, talk about mud flaps. My girl's got them. <laughs> that's, a, a, <laughs> that's what I was thinking. Swooping with queen, uh, fat bottom girl. <laughs> yes, of thing? course. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's actually a good. Well, I wonder if that holds up. I'd love to see that again. I, I really like that. Spinal we could run yeah, we might. I don't know how big it was. But that really started. No, if we see it, I'll, I'll hit it. The a mighty wind. Yes. Guys, right, you know, yes, that, yes, that really yeah, started their career. And uh, Rob Reiner too directed Rob that. Rob Reiner directed that, right? Yeah. Which is the, he also did, there was another spoofy one right before, the the Rattles, which was a, a Beatles. Oh, the, yeah, I don't think we're going to run, Ruddles. The, was it the Ruddles? I think so. I, I don't, I don't think we're going to run into that. Probably not. But, no. um, I think Sonic Tap we will. Potentially. That would be good. Yeah. See well, if it, if it hits the top 10, we'll definitely do it. Like if I see a week. We'd have to do it. Yeah, if we, right. Yeah. I would, I would never not do that. Yeah. It's a, that had a huge, huge legacy. Bigger legacy than Cisco. And the, Bigger le- legacy than Frequency. Yeah, yeah. Frequency's kind of forgotten about. Um, yeah, but it's okay. That's what those movies are. I mean, they're just like draw. They're like they're not supposed to have. You know, I don't think they're supposed to. Not supposed know. to change the world. Well, I don't know about that. You know, change the world. It's just you know, some movies kind of just come and go, and they you, they're entertaining in the time. And you know, uh, I it's always kind of stuck with me. It's something just it's a deeply personal movie for me. But like, it's it's okay. I, I think you know the idea that every movie has to be this giant blockbuster. I, I think is annoying. I, I like the fact that I'm some movies you. come and go, and it's fun to kind of like run into these movies, whether it be like you know like Cinderella Man or um, I know Cinderella Man got some nominations, maybe not the best example, but um, some oh, like uh, uh, In Good Company, it's a great sure. example. No nominations there, was never out to get nominations. But it's a movie that was an entertaining movie that you can go see and give you something to think about and talk about in your date, and you go home. Fast and the Furious, exactly same no, thing. No, not the same thing. Fast <laughs> and Furious is, is you know it's people like you <laughs> that go to movies like fast and furious that make it for people like me not to have more movies to enjoy i have never so seen a fast problem. i've never seen a fast and the furious in the theater but i That's have plus, seen them at home yeah I've seen all right well you, you're half the problem then really yeah yeah i mean you're still you're still contributing to this this you know i mean it's on like i'm just gonna watch it it's on <sighs> it's on netflix there's not a lot of content now that i got hbo max there's a shit ton more content for me to watch yeah that's good. HBO Max, like we talked about, has more, I mean, more higher 
higher quality, quality films. Well, the Netflix, yeah, Netflix, Netflix is kind of a yeah, good Netflix has kind of lost their way a little bit. A bit. They've got, gotten too deep into the original, I did watch original that. programming. I did watch the um, the sci-fi film, of course, that uh, came out a couple of days ago with, uh, with George Clooney. Well, I haven't seen it yet. No spoilers. Not bad. No, no. What do you give it? Quick uh, no, no, no review, just a quick grade. I would say, like, B-. It's not bad. Mm. I'm, I'm waiting for the Oscar nominations to come out. Uh, before I start, because I don't want to watch like nine thousand streaming. Cause I, I, yeah, I yeah, trash. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm kind of waiting, and then I'll watch all the ones that are nominated. I, I, ideally, it's not how I would do because ideally I would be like, oh, I want like Widows came out a couple years ago, the uh, Steve McQueen movie. Okay. Um, and it, I was really hoping it would get a nomination. It didn't, but I was like fighting, you know, fighting for it. But I was like, I was really rooting for it to get a nomination. Uh, so I, I do enjoy that element of it. Where this year, that's kind of lost because sure, you know, it's just COVID and just you know, Clooney is good. He's good. Yeah, I wonder if you'll see some some stuff come from it. I, I am. I, that's one I might even grab early. Um, oh, so I have another interesting thing. So starting next week, Matt does not know about this. What the? <laughs> yes, I know. So a lot of we're throwing a lot of a lot of haymakers in the show. No, so I'm going to start revealing my top 100 movies all time. Oh, I saw you. You mentioned this. Okay. I saw this. Yeah. Okay. So um, my number 100 movie actually is. Lost in Translation. So what better time to do it than that one? So on the Patreon-only episodes, I'm going to uh, do a quick little talk in each episode about my whatever that movie, the top 100 movie. Obviously, Lost in Translation fits easily. But, you know, the next week I'll talk about my 99 movie. Just real quick. And I'll give my quick review of it. Uh, and then Laura will have her because she's going to watch all these with me. I'll give her a number score. So are you... Um, so you're going to just talk about one per week? So we're talking like 100 weeks worth of yeah. you. Wow. Yes. That's good. Because I'm going to rewatch all of them. With Laura, because Laura hasn't seen a lot of them. Okay. So, uh, yeah, it's a quick little segment at the end of each Patreon show. I'll spend like one or two minutes talking about whatever movie comes up that week. And then, um, yeah, and we'll, we'll just a phone, phone will add on for the Patreon people. All right, we'll see. If the Patreon shows start to get really long, we might have to cut that. that the part one to two minute thing where I talk about a movie. Mm, it's ever, do you think it's ever one to two minutes with you? Yeah, well, well because you haven't seen it. It's, it would just be a quick like, monologue. Okay. Yeah, I think so. Patreon shows get a little long. God forbid we don't talk more about how country western career. God forbid we have another monologue by Chris. It's a piece of shit show. <laughs> People are gonna fucking annihilate you about cop rock. It's, you defending cop rock for ten I for ten think, minutes. A no one remembers cop. No, no one. There's not gonna be this, guys. I'm gonna post some of the links to this shit so you can go and laugh at it. Seriously, it's not in context of what it was. If you do that, you're not. You're not. It's not fair. It's you're totally not fair. Yourself in 1991. <laughs> It's because when you're in it, anyone listen, I had to watch. I get it. I get you it. Like, I don't, no, no, no. I get giving people credit for trying stuff. I totally yes. get it. I'm with you on that. But there are times where people try and, and completely, completely miss Absolutely, the mark. But it has actually, it's had more influence. That show's had a lot more influence on TV moving forward than a lot of the other shows you probably would call good from that time period. So. You I mean, know. what? Because people thought that they could put because people now know they could put music yeah. into into shows. I mean, I mean yeah, eh. a lot of musical, a lot of stuff in the '90s had a, had a musical episodes and stuff like that, and a lot of it is because of cop rock. Cop oh, rock. I know. I I usually see that in shows where they jump the show. We're like, we're in season four now. We don't know what the fuck to do, so we're going to do a musical episode. And usually, those are the ones that are cringiest for me. You know, my feeling, my feelings of musical theater in general are pretty poor, right? Because it's rare that you can find people who can do both well. Yes, right. Not and not just perform both well because there are, certainly there are very talented actors on Broadway who can sing and dance and act yes. and do. Of course, like some of the most talented people on the planet are fucking in Broadway. But you, but but it's the writers. It's like you really have a hard time merging a story with the musical element and having it all make sense. It's only really been done a couple times. Jesus Christ Superstar is one of them, but there are very few examples of that. So then when you do it on like a network television show, it's usually the sign that this shit is going downhill. I like when people take big swings. So I, I like I it too, I but I also have a bit more, I have a lot more, um, uh, I'm a lot more relaxed with my criticism on musical theater than you are. Yeah. I have a lot more, a lot more forgiving to stuff like that than you are. Hard for me because it cheeses me out. Like when I know that they're, they're, they're taking shortcuts, it's like, mm, it really, it's, it really cheeses me out. Yeah. I look past a lot of that stuff. Um, I think probably maybe. I, I wonder know. what the comp is in terms of acting, like or in terms of writing. There's probably a, there's probably a comparable comedy stuff. I'm super critical. I don't, I don't okay, like a lot of yeah. comedies. There we go. I don't yeah. watch a lot of comedies. It's probably a similar. I don't think a lot of things are funny. Yeah, similar um, thing. Um and um, so yeah, I'm really critical about comedy. Okay, sure. that 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 would be the comp then. Yeah. So all right, I think and you're much more forgiving on comedy because you know I can't play instruments. You're not very funny. 
you're such a fucking bastard. You are so bad to me. It's pretty good. Oh, it's not. Yeah. It's just not. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> Maybe we'll be back next week. Um, hope you enjoyed. Uh, it was really out of the box doing that uh, doing that episode for the Patreon. Yeah, it's fine. I want yeah, to do a classic episode each year. We'll see how long this thing goes, but sure. Yeah, if we were here next year. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, we'll see what happens. Right yeah, now. I think it'd be cool. Yeah, because yeah, that was a lot of fun to watch, actually. I was I was really pleasantly surprised watching that. It was fun. Goblin. I liked um and I liked just dropping it and just, you know, um I, I really enjoyed the, the process. It was fun. It was fun having Laura yeah, yeah, too. Yeah. And it was just it was just fun. And she loved it. It was it was cool for her. Afterwards she seemed really excited. Like She does, yay! Yeah. yeah. So I was happy for her. That was fun. Oh god, I'm glad you're happy for her. What? What I can be happy for people who are who have fun doing shit. You can, yes. Are you happy when I have fun doing this show? No. Because <laughs> you're such a miserable prick to me. <laughs> no, I, that's not true. I do celebrate your successes. And I do like it when you have fun. <laughs> I like uh, it's the funniest thing you've ever said. I just wish I wish that the same were true from the other way. Yeah, it's fun. My favorite my favorite parts of the show are shitting on you during the show. It's right. But the thing that brings the most joy. Which horrible. I guess would be encountered to something you would enjoy, I guess, yes. That's not no, it's not No, I don't mind. I, it's fine. <laughs> whatever. Whatever make whatever is fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's, it's, it's fun. <laughs> it's fun. Even Laura was shitting on you on that show. She's throwing some daggers. <laughs> Make it funny your road trip. Play <laughs> yeah, heard that was that. funny. Yeah, yeah. Like, hmm, first time in. She did a great job. Uh, so we are back uh, on. I don't know what fucking day it is anymore. We tape because what happens? We tape the other show out of order. So this is our Patreon show for Sunday. So we'll be back Wednesday. Yes, with. Uh, School of Rock. School of Rock and some song that's and not identified. Yes. Anything else? I think before we go. I think that's it. See you then. That's it.